Welcome to the first episode of Your Time in the Run, the Hunted Podcast from Reality TV Warriors. My name is Michael Harmstone, and joining me, as always, for the first time in far, far too long, is my fellow Brit, who enjoys being old and invisible, Anthony Williams. Hey, welcome back. Yes, it's uh, it feels like forever since we talked about Hunted. It does. I've been on the run. Yeah. That's what it is. Uh, but it's okay, you can find me now. I'm just off the A6008. That's the A6008. That is okay to just tell people precisely where you are, isn't it? That's, that's all right. Thanks, Alex. <laughs> now, the, the last time we discussed Hunted on the podcast was when we met Leon Hilmar. It was indeed, yeah, when I think we had the world-exclusive interview for uh, Champions of US Hunted. We did, and... Hopefully, by the time this gets released, Hilmar will be the champion of black tie boxing. Yes, <laughs> yes. I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, that's, uh, that, well, we're recording this on Friday. That's, uh, Saturday, Saturday night. He did, uh, try and get one of the hunters to fight him, but instead he hasn't. He's got someone who I didn't recognize the name of. Oh, okay. And, uh, hopefully very soon Lee's mum will, um, be the champion of leukemia as well. Yeah, yeah, let's hope so. It's been very nice to get all the updates from Lee. I'm on his email chains. Uh, it's good. Pass, in, pass on my best regards. Oh, I will do. And since then, we found out that Lee loves the mole, so he got a mole book here off me for the upcoming season of Venom, which is tomorrow. Yay! I know. This this week is crazy. It's premiere week. When, when did that ever happen in the first week of January? That's bizarre. I know. I got such hate on Reddit a few weeks ago for criticizing CBS for bringing Amazing Race back on Wednesday the 3rd, when I'm like, I just want a podcast about Venom, but I can't if Amazing Race is here too. There's just too much going on. Usually this is the off-season. I don't know what's happening this year. We have three shows that all start within three days of each other that we love on this show. Yes. Keep us busy. Yeah. Sadly, we're going to have to drop Mole Podcasts again. And uh, Maybe next year. Second year on the trot. Maybe for Belgian Mole, because I've heard rumours that that's coming back at the end of February. Yeah, that's a possibility. We'll have to have a think about that. The thing about Belgian Mole is that I I enjoy watching that on my lunch breaks, just going, this is beautifully shot, and oh my god, I'm so wrong on the mole every time. <laughs> uh, well, that kind of equalises it, because I'm always wrong on every version of the mole, every time. I don't know what it is about the Belgian one, but I can never, ever, ever get it right. The past two seasons that I've watched, i pegged the winner as the mole. Mm, you're falling for the subterfuge. I don't know how I keep doing it. Because <laughs> it's quite impressively bad for me. <laughs> but anyway, we're back with Hunted for another glorious series. Yay. It's nice to be able and to say good... series as well rather than season. Yeah, yes, it is. It is a series. And, and a good start, I thought. Yeah, I, I don't think it was as good as the premiere for last series, but very few things are. Yeah, that was a fairly high watermark. Um, but yeah, it, it worked for me. Um I think it's going to pan out to be an interesting one. Yeah, it's nice for me as well to have such sort of hometown advantage with the start and with the fact that I found out the day after they started filming that they were filming two minutes away from my office. Yeah, and what a strange coincidence, because last year it was filming like half a mile from my office. I was not best pleased. They're stalking us. I actually looked this up before we started uh, recording the podcast. We have a group chat on WhatsApp for my work. And I posted a message on the 15th of May saying, anyone know about these helicopters that are circling the office at the moment? Because I was on a late that day. And found out by the evening that it was Bloody Hunted that was filming in St. Peter's Square. Mm-hmm. And I was not best pleased. <laughs> uh, you could have gone and annoyed people. I, I could have gone and, you know, dobbed people in. <laughs> Get 250 yeah. quid or whatever off flex. Uh, I don't know. Nothing changes, does it? You still still no moral fibre of your armstone. I have moral fibre. There are certain people in this cast that I want to do well. <laughs> there are certain people who I think are quite stupid. Well, that's that's the beauty of this show. <laughs> it's certainly an interesting group of nine people. Yeah, I think they, they seem to have put a bit of work into casting to try and... I, I think we're almost reaching the point where we've got archetypes going on in Hunted now. I know we're only three series in, but it feels like there's been a bit of deliberate casting going on. And quite a few of these remind me of American teams. Hmm. I did think that, particularly about one of the teams, but yeah. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, there's a certain a certain degree of, I think, either people in production or in the cast have watched the American one before it went on all four. 
which mm-hmm. was the f- they started filming on the Sunday. That went on all four on the Monday. Can I point out? Mainly because when I was discussing Hunted in that group chat, I uh, did say, and the American one's going on all four tomorrow. And it mm-hmm. actually wasn't. It was already available. Ooh. So, yeah, nine normal people are back and about to become fugitives for 25 days, evading a team of professional law enforcement operatives and one intern, Simon, to win a share of £100,000. Yeah. And they've only got to be on the run for 25 days this year. Yeah. I think that there's a few of these things that make me think they're trying to make it slightly easier for the hunters, but also there's less days and less people to catch. Yeah. Yeah. It just struck me as a little bit odd. Why? What's so significant about it being three days shorter this time? I couldn't, I was wondering if it, if there was a date clash or something like that, but because I can't see any logical reason. Well, what's three days out of a month? Yeah, it does explain why the sightings disappeared earlier than expected. Because most people were expecting the the extraction day to be obviously four weeks after they started filming. Mm. And it just sort of went a bit silent from a few days beforehand, and that explains it now that we know it's 25 days. Yeah. And um, the chase begins at just after 1pm on May the 14th at St. Peter's Square in Manchester. Of course, the bastards didn't tell me because I worked five minutes away at that point. We've now moved offices again. And just as a bit of historical context, the Manchester Arena bombing, which Manchester Arena is probably 10, 15 minute walk from St. Peter's Square, was eight days later. Uh, okay, I was wondering, yeah, where that fell. Yeah, that was the 22nd of May. Because mm. I did have to look that up as well. I thought it was about the 22nd, but I wasn't 100%. Mm. And about four weeks after that was the start of Celebrity Hunted. It was indeed. Which... We both watched, and I was really disappointed we didn't podcast that because I really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, it was one of those judgment calls where um, scheduling was just really, really difficult, and I think none of us really thought it would be as good as it was. So we were, I think we made a wrong call on that, but never mind. I think we made a wrong call, but we were all sort of away on holiday for at least one of the weeks. Yeah, it would have been really tricky, but never mind. It was good fun. It was. It was nice to watch it as a viewer again. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. As opposed to, because I like to watch Hunted in a sort of darkened room under the covers because it just feels <laughs> atmospheric. And mm. like last night I had to sort of watch it with the light on making notes. <laughs> it didn't feel the same. Yeah, I've watched it on my laptop. <laughs> it's not quite the same, is it? It just feels so atmospheric having it sort of in a darkened room going, shit, these people have really scary powers. Yeah. And the music helps as well. I still love the music on this show. And, uh, yeah, it begins with Blacks wanting to go for the weakest person, which I think if you even look to the cast objectively, you would say was Carleen. And did you also notice that we now have code names for all the Hunter teams? No, I didn't notice that at all. How did I miss that? We heard two of them. We heard that Bravo was Paul and Michelle, and Charlie was Nick and Danny. Oh, how on earth did I miss that? So uh, that's something to keep an eye out. Hmm. And um, we're introduced to everyone. So we have Jamie, who is a former firearms officer from Dorset and who scares the living shit out of the hunters because he has worked in surveillance. Yeah, and knows how to use weapons. I was kind of thinking, whoa, he's going on the run tooled up. (laughs) This is really taking it to the next level. And uh, Majid is Sheffield's deputy lord mayor. And fun fact, he actually missed his inauguration as deputy lord mayor because he was on the run. Yeah, yeah, so that, that was uh, a couple of days after the start. <laughs> uh, and Sandra and Miller are friends from Bromley and Bindlesex. We have Bob and Alex, who are father and son from Dover. And let's be honest, by the end of this episode, you'll believe, like I do, that they're getting quite a winner's edit. And we have Joe and Dan, who are friends from Preston and Lancashire. And conveniently, they haven't mentioned their site hobby yet. No. And we have Carleen, who is a retired college lecturer from Suffolk. And who had potential to be absolutely brilliant. She did, but then, yeah, spoilers. <laughs> yeah. I'm really intrigued by the Brothers of Swing thing. Because they haven't mentioned it in any of the pre-release stuff. And they didn't mention it in the episode. No. Um, it's very interesting, is it? Because it's not difficult to sort of figure out who they are and what they do. No. And I know for a fact that it factors into something. <laughs> Oh, okay. So, so it does get it, brought up it in the will show. Be brought up, yeah. It, I mm. would be shocked if it doesn't get brought up. Well, there must be a reason why they're holding it back then. Yeah, 
I'm thinking it might be a sort of Leon Hillmar, oh my god, I can't believe they're doing this moment. Ah, uh, yeah, it could be something really audacious. But I don't know why they haven't mentioned it, because they are milkmen, but also they are in a swing duo together called Brothers of Swing. So more than likely, we're not going to be calling them Joe and Dan, we're going to be calling them the Brothers of Swing, because that's who they are. Yeah. Hashtag Brothers of Swing. That's that's how reality TV works. Yeah, and and it's it's got to come up because as soon as they do any kind of social media tracking on them, it, it's just going to be in your face, isn't it? You know, it's it's like two minutes work to figure out who they are. So it's really confusing to me that they haven't even slightly mentioned that. Oh yeah, we actually sing together. Hmm. Yeah. Well, like I say, it, it must be it must be a plot point. Yeah, it will be brought up because there's no way that it won't be. But then in this in this episode, we find out so little about them that um, they're clearly going to be in for a few episodes. So there's, there's time to talk about that. And also there was nothing about them in the preview. No, that's right. So I think they're going for a, a nice long run. And maybe, uh, maybe it, it is part of the whole thing is that we discover what they do because they pull off something that winds the hunters up, which, which I'm very much in favor of. These are my preseason favorites, by the way. I'm trying not to say anything that I know. <laughs> That's the problem here. There's two teams that I know things about that I'm desperately trying not to say things about that will ruin things. Well, hopefully they get revealed pretty quickly. Yeah, hopefully. But I suspect it's going to be a Leon Hillmar situation where it's like mid-season. Mm. And I have to sit on my hands for two, three weeks just going, I can't wait for this to air because I have things to play. <laughs> To the point that we thought that Hunter was going to be coming back in October, I actually saved all of the videos that were released on social media at the time, thinking this can get played out in the podcast. Oh, okay. So I still have those videos, and I found them a few days ago in preparation for this podcast. Cool. So there's a few clips that I will be able to include in the episodes when they air. (laughs) Fantastic. And actually, the Hunted HQ YouTube is still active, weirdly. Oh, they normally take it all down, don't they? They do, and there's one clip that has been taken down that I didn't save, which I'm annoyed about. But yeah, the Hunted HQ YouTube is still active. There was only four videos on there when I checked a few days ago. Don't look at them because it spoils things. But yeah, that's something to that I'm intrigued about because they took the Facebook and the Twitter down. They must have just forgot to take the YouTube down. Ooh, okay. Well, if it disappears in, uh, in a few days' time, we'll know just how influential we really are. Well, we are... The world's only hunted UK podcast, which is a nice thing to be able to say. I think you'll find we're the world's most popular hunted UK podcast. That as well. <laughs> Rather than having pretenders to our crown for hunted US, as we did, we have hunted UK all to ourselves. We do, as far as we know. Well, we do. I'm not, I'm not aware of anybody else podcasting about this amazing show, which does surprise me because it is very, very good. It is. And hopefully we get a, a new Nick and Io here because, you know, I'm looking forward to people winding up Lex, because Lex has, has a hair trigger temper, uh, temper, and it's really, really funny. Yeah, I got I got vibes from Majid that that might be his role, but we'll see. We will see. And talking of Majid, uh, he's the odd one out, because as the fugitives this time, for some reason, don't even get a chance to plan their escape, unlike the uh, celebrity one. Um, he's the only one not wearing all black, so they can easily trace him on the helicopter that seems to be flying overhead. Yeah, which for a good five minutes, I was thinking, dude, you're in bright blue, but what the hell are you doing? But it all becomes apparent later. Yeah, and those helicopters weren't just flying on that Sunday, by the way. They were flying for about two days afterwards, and you could see them from our office window. It was deafening. Wow. Okay, so they must have felt that someone had stayed in the city then. Yeah, either that or they were just getting sort of establishing shots. That's true, could, yeah, could have been doing pretty wrong. It was really, really annoying, because they took the signs down from St. Peter's Square on the day, basically, because they originally had signs up saying there's a documentary being filmed in St. Peter's Square, don't walk through it if you don't want to be on camera. And, um, yeah, they'd taken them all down on the Monday, basically, because I had heard on the grapevine that it was hunted, and... By the Tuesday, I sort of walked up to St. Peter's Square looking for these signs and they'd all gone. I was really annoyed. <laughs> like, this is the closest a TV show has ever been to me. It's like Logan with the Mole UK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Logan has said that if he knew the Mole UK was filming 15 minutes from his house, he would have pestered his parents to take him there. <laughs> but he didn't. 
Well, well, that's it. You never know, do you? It's very, it's very rare that you find out that something's filming. Yeah, it's just so annoying. Apart from when they filmed some scenes for Ready Player One next to my office. Did I tell you about that? No. Yeah, that's quite cool. Some of the, some of these shots, I don't know where they're going to fit in the movie. Having read the book, I can't quite figure it out. But they used the street next to my office uh, as a location for Ready Player One. Got to see Spielberg. Pretty cool. There was a um, a BBC drama. I think it might have been Happy Valley that used a, a separate door at my current building of work as a police station exit. Oh, okay. I, it was definitely a BBC drama. I think it might have been Happy Valley, but I'm not 100%. Yeah. It was a good show. And Majid goes into the subway on cross streets, which used to be my way to walk to work, and tries to convince another Somali to wear his poncho. Yeah, in the world's most unconvincing decoy move, unfortunately. It was a good idea, uh, but um, yeah, it didn't really last very long, did it? No, I was just sat there last night going, I know exactly where that is, because <laughs> I walked past it most days for about six months. But he does use the incredibly narrow alleyways that are um, around that area to escape the hunter's glances. Uh, yeah, and... Off to a good start, I think. I was quite impressed. He's, he clearly had thought about things that might work. All right, the decoy didn't quite pan out, but it, it's good that this early in the game he's starting to think about little distraction techniques and things. That, that bodes well for him, I think. And just as a little bit of context, that is two minutes walk from where they set off from. Mm-hmm. That is absolutely no distance away at all. Mm. Because the the building that Jamie was walking under the arches of is Manchester Town Hall, which is directly outside where they were dropped off. And facing that basically is that subway. It sort oh, okay. of goes around the corner and that's where subway is. But as usual, we don't, we don't know the true chronology because that could literally have been a minute after they yeah. went on the run, couldn't it? So. So there's another bit of sort of whiffy things where I'm like, how did it take you that long to walk there? Mm-hmm. But we'll get there fairly soon. And talking to Jamie, he's basically worked in surveillance, so he's sneaking around the arches of the town hall, which is where I sent Michelle's Christmas card from and where I sent Lee's care package from. (laughs) The post office on the other side of there. And he says that his wife is very, very pregnant. Flashback to Lee. And that basically she didn't want him to come home unless he wins. Yeah. Yeah, we ever heard that kind of story before. Mm. Uh, Yeah. Uh, He interests me, Jamie, or James, Jamie James, whichever one he is at, the, at any particular moment but as as usual in episode one there's not enough time to really develop anybody except people that are likely to get caught so i i think he could be one to watch um in fact actually to be fair most of this cast i think are quite intriguing uh, there's only a couple that i think probably not much to go on yeah there's there's a few odd choices in this cast there's definite mm. front runners mm-hmm. and a definite person or pair that you, that I think you'll agree are probably going to get caught next. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's going to be Sandra and Mella next. Yeah. They're the outliers, aren't they? They are. Uh, given that we don't know very much about them, I think they are likely to go in the next episode. It's just whether or not the Bob and Alex story is building up or whether it's that's as much as we can give them, which we'll know by midway through the next episode. Yeah, I think Sandra and Mella are the most likely people to go next yeah i mean um, there's probably not any around there but they'd be your most likely to get caught in a taco bell car lot yeah exactly and actually there is a taco bell quite close to that but <laughs> that was that would be good putting it out there there is one in the arndale <laughs> which is probably 10 15 minutes walk <laughs> so they could theoretically get caught in a taco bell but you wouldn't willingly go into the Arndale food court unless you were a glutton for punishment, basically, because it is the world's hardest place to get out of. Yeah. With the exception of Vegas casinos, the Arndale food court is the hardest place in the world to get out of. (laughs) You have to go down three flights of stairs because there's escalators going up and that's it. Yep. (laughs) More Manchester knowledge for you. (laughs) (laughs) Tune in next week for local knowledge for local people. And on to our sort of stars of this episode, I guess, in uh, in Bob and Alex. Yeah. Bob initially says that he wants to get Alex a win, and the money doesn't mean anything to him. Mm-hmm. Now, where have we heard this story? I'm not doing it for the money. It's all about my self-esteem. I've been written off. Well, it, it's not all about his self-esteem. It's all about his son's self-esteem. Well, yes, that's what I mean. Yeah. It's intriguing. 
it, it is in one episode it, it it goes one of two ways doesn't it either it is a really compelling story but sadly it pans out to nothing in which case you would get lots in episode one or it's a really 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 compelling story so you get lots in episode one but you will get lots in other episodes as well because they're going to go a long way so it's hard to judge after one one episode um i'm leaning towards they're going to get caught I think if I had to give them a title, it would be the most likely pair to split. Because I'm getting the vibe that that was kept in, because Bob might fall on his sword for Alex. Uh. He might act as a decoy for his son. And I don't know for certain on this, by the way. This is purely reading the edit. Yeah, yeah. I think it's most likely that Alex wins, but Bob doesn't. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Because I can't really see the Brothers of Swing splitting. I can't really see Sandra and Mella sticking around long enough to split. So Bob and Alex kind of by default are the most likely to split. I'm not sure whether they will, but I can certainly see Bob go, I don't need the money. My son, I want him to win and I'm going to set him up for the win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it'll be an interesting story. Be, yeah. And it would fit with what we've seen so far. It, it would be a, a new type of split story because over the past, two series we've seen people split and it's always been sort of for a more fractious reason yeah 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 so if this was a a deliberate we we can't make it as a pair but maybe i can drag the hunters off in the wrong direction and you can make it yeah nice nice little hero edit it's sort of the spencer and jamie tactic from celebrity hunted Hmm. interesting there's certainly um a lot of story for these guys Oh, 100%. And I certainly wouldn't be surprised if Alex pulls a nick and sort of finds his self-confidence. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure that's what production were hoping for. Yeah. Whether it happens is a different matter, but I'm sure that's what the, the angle they were hoping to get. Going back to the archetype discussion, the archetype of someone who has low self-esteem and does this as a challenge to prove themselves, Yeah, that's certainly something they seem to be capitalizing on right now. Yep, definitely. And it's um, Brothers of Swing and Sandra and Mella who get black cabs out of the city, which I wouldn't necessarily say is a good idea. That's going to burn up a lot of their cash immediately. It is, but, you know, the alternative would be to sit on a tram for three hours going nowhere. So. Yeah, I, I did. Did you see my tweets from last night? No. <laughs> Black said at one point, maybe they got a tram out. I'm just like, I'm sat there going, you would never willingly get a tram. Especially on a Sunday. <laughs> no. Manchester's Metrolink is a lot of things. Shit is one of them. <laughs> it's not your first choice for a quick getaway. It, is it? really isn't. It's so slow. <laughs> it's getting better, but it's going further out now. But like, it's so unbelievably slow. <laughs> They'd get caught trying to figure out what the hell ticket they need to buy anyway. <laughs> so <laughs> they'd still be there and stood in front of the machine going, "I don't know." Just, I just want to go somewhere. How does this thing work? But also, it is really mean to not let them plan anything because you don't go through the train stations, of which there are many in Manchester, because there's, it's full of cameras. You don't go to the coach station for the same reason. You basically have to rely on the kindness of strangers not to get immediately caught. Mm-hmm. It is tough. Putting them in, in, right in the middle of a massive city like that is really tough. Especially when you don't allow them to plan anything. Yeah, yeah, because they're all going to be rabbit in headlights, apart from potentially Brothers of Swing, because they probably know Manchester. Even then, though, they they got a, a cab out. I wouldn't have necessarily got a cab, personally. Not that I would ever want to do Hunted before anyone gets any ideas. Mm-hmm. But it would be really expensive to do that. Yeah, but what choice have you got? If you don't know the city, you know that the tram's not viable trains and coaches are too well surveilled so what are you gonna do yeah and talking of uh trams uh bob and alex get stressed at the atm outside sainsbury's which they say is on west moses street it isn't <laughs> that is also about two minutes at most from st peter square where the the atm camera was if you turn it slightly to the right you will see the town hall mm. it's really really close mm-hmm and the official, I did look this up beforehand because I'm a pedant. Um, the official address of that Sainsbury's is West Mosley Street, but the actual entrance is not on West Mosley Street. It's, uh, on an, okay. it's on an undermarked street where the trams go down. 
Okay, so they're they're going off the information that they've got, aren't they? This this is an ATM, and this is the location of it. Fair enough. And did when they took the money out, I got the impression that they were going to try and take as much as possible, but only got forty quid. So are we are we assuming that's a rule then? Yeah. Oh yeah. It's a it's a well known rule that they can't get all the money out at once because that made life too easy. Yeah, I don't think we'd established a figure before, so it seems like £40 is probably the figure. Yeah. They haven't actually confirmed how much money they get overall as well, because it was 450 quid last time. Mm, no, they haven't said that. So it'd be interesting to see how much it actually is, because if it's, say, 400 quid and they can only get 40 quid out a day, that's really, really mean. <laughs> mm. And also it's incredibly likely that that cash machine will have only had £20 notes in, because most of the uh, cash machines in Manchester only have £20 notes. Mm. And they also say they want to go rural, and Alex proves himself to be a lot less forthright than Bob. <laughs> yeah, Bob, Bob is seriously sweary, by the way. <laughs> Not as sweary as Paul and Michelle, though. <laughs> no, <laughs> no but he's pretty sweary. Uh, but yeah, going going off track is um, well, it's one way to make you popular with everybody on Facebook. Oh, you'd never catch me. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> the the armchair uh, fugitives. Yeah, I just live in a treehouse for a month. Yeah, okay, not gonna happen. Weirdly, on the group chat with work, someone did say, "Oh, I just live in an attic in Salford for four weeks." I'm like, you do actually have to move every two days. That's how it works. It's hunted, not not Anne Frank. <laughs> the secret diary of Peter Blexley. <laughs> I, I think someone needs to Photoshop that immediately. <laughs> Tuesday, up in the attic again. It's bloody Nazis. <laughs> bloody hell. I'm in Amsterdam. <laughs> I'm going for a clean sheet this year. I'm in Amsterdam, in an attic. Well, they have never confirmed where Hunter HQ is. Well, it's clearly not very far from Marble Arch. We now know that. No, he's, he got Toddington and Julie to just fly in from Amsterdam. Uh, yeah, could be. The full quote was, get your coat, you're going to ship all. <laughs> it's ship all or bust. <laughs> yeah, maybe ship all or bust should be the, uh, <laughs> the episode title. <laughs> and Carlene is already sauntering as soon as she gets out the van. And she says her plan is to be old and invisible. Yeah, good on you, because you're old, so you're halfway there. And she says she wants to get a coat to Milton Keynes. That sounds like a good idea. Yeah, going on a really long coach journey. It's not like that's going to give people plenty of time to track you down, is it? What I don't get that. How many times have we seen people go on a long public transport journey and get caught? It's always going to happen. If you're going to use public transport, just go on really short hops and just go in some sort of random direction. But don't don't get on a coach that is basically just heading down the M1. It's It's always going to end badly. And just cast your mind back to Hunted Series 1, where Sandra and Michelle, the first boots, got caught because they went on a coach. Yep. Just putting it out there, coaches are bad luck on Hunted. Well, yeah, because it's just obvious, isn't it? They're only going in one place, and you can move faster. So how on earth is that ever going to work? Yeah. Although she did come prepared with a wig and a carrier bag. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, the most convincing wig we've seen on Hunted so far, I think. That isn't saying much when probably its nearest rival was Matt and Christina's terrible wigs. Yeah, it did put me in mind of that a little bit. Actually, Annika Rice's is up there. Oh, yeah, 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 that's pretty bad. If she wasn't famous, she probably could have got away with it. Yeah, yeah. And the coach station is also just around the corner from St. Peter's Square. So basically, episode one takes place over a span of about five minutes. Yeah. That's what we're saying. Because if you, the road where Bob and Alex get their cash from, the very next road over is where the coach station is. Blimey, I'm surprised they didn't bump into each other. Yeah, it was like dubiously close, how close they were. <laughs> and Blex gives us an update on where everyone is. So Jamie was drops off in Salford at about 2.18pm. Uh, Majid is strong and says he hiked around the Amazon for four months. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sandra and Mella are roughing it without a tent, which, you know, girls, if you're going to go rural, bring a fucking tent. <laughs> yeah, they're going a long way, these guys, aren't they? 
And Bob and Alex are complete opposites, and Alex is very sensitive. And this is the first implication that maybe they're going to get a winner's edit of some description. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of care put into their story, isn't there, that, that sets this up. Um, yeah. You know, you could very easily just sort of dismiss it, you know. Um, you know, Alex has had it tough because of his Asperger's, and, and he wants to turn it around. Game over. There's There's a lot of building towards... What's going on? Why Why is this going to be difficult for him? What's happening with this relationship? There's, there's a lot of story built. Yeah. Um, despite our immediate implications of Bob being quite a hard ass, we get that he is hard as an exterior, but he has a lot of love and regret for his son. Mm-hmm. That he basically put his head in the sand when his, when Alex was diagnosed at two years old with Asperger's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Let's say there's a lot going into these guys, so we'll see how it pans out. I'm, I'm still erring towards they're giving them as much story as they can while they can, but you never know. More of a Ricky Allen than a Nick. Yeah, you know, it feels like they've gone. Wow, this is a brilliant story. We can't can't let this slip under the radar. Oh, we've only got one and a half episodes to talk about. Okay, <laughs> let's cram in as much as we can then. Yeah, I think they're probably going to start messing around with the timeline slightly soon as well. I think it's going to be more of a Series 1 timeline mm-hmm. spread than a Series 2. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if everything will be in chronological order. No, uh, I wouldn't have thought so. Especially if they are telling the story in a similar way than they did with the Ricky Allen one. Yeah, which I don't mind, to be honest. It, it's a little confusing, but I think this this show can work when you make it built around the narrative. It's a bit harder for us to podcast about. <laughs> it is a little bit, but we're all right. We're on our third season of it now. We'll, we'll be okay. And we go back to Carleen, who basically begins her I'm getting caught edit by saying that she's using this as an adventure because her daughter and two grandsons had moved in with her nine months ago and she wanted to be away from them. Yeah, yeah. Um, this, this is almost your classic survivor. I feel pretty safe right now, isn't it? Yeah. I'm not going to bring my idol to tribal. Yes, that was pretty much the equivalent in hunted terms. Yeah, I'm looking forward to 25 days away from my family. Okay. You get what? <laughs> you get it. <laughs> She'll go home and they'll be like, oh, so did you not, did you not bother? What, did you decide you didn't want to do the show after all? What, what happened? <laughs> I love the idea that she probably spent longer in sequester waiting for the, the original day than she actually spent on the run. Yeah, almost certainly, yeah. Yeah, they would have had to ship him up to Manchester. So <laughs> She's probably in an Ibis somewhere in in, in the centre of Manchester, just without any phone or anything. Oh, bless her. She had so much promise. She did. But sadly, it wasn't to be. Never mind. And Sherlock suspects that even though they didn't see her get on the coach, she got on the coach to Milton Keynes, and he is 100%. So my response to that is, well, yeah, no shit, Sherlock. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there was a, there was a there was an earlier Sherlock moment that he wasn't involved in. So I'm wondering if they're trying to deflect the Sherlock stuff, where they talk about Bob and Alex and the fact that they've got the same surname and live at the same address, and then go, are they father and son? <laughs> really? <laughs> what else do you think? They even look alike. <laughs> It's not like Alex could be adopted. He does look like his father. It's brilliant, isn't it? Well, they could be father and son. Yeah, I think they are father and son. I don't think you need to do much more investigation to figure that one out. I just love how many people on social media were just going, oh, it's fake. It's like, well, they can't exactly replicate everything. They can't actually send people on the run. They do have to replicate certain powers like ANPR and the phone tracking and stuff. But they do still have to do real police work to get all that information. There's one numpty on social media going, it's not only fake, it's illegal. You can't hack into someone's bank account. It's like, yes, you can. The state will freeze your assets as soon as you go on the run. That's kind of what they can do. And she makes a friend from LA and gives her number to him trying to set her daughter up. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not trying to set my daughter up with you, but, you know, she is single and has two two children. I want more grandchildren. Uh, he was good I, I think maybe should have had Garner on the run instead of her to be honest it might have been might have worked out better he had some good ideas as well he did and at least he was cooperative enough to let her move the coach yeah which I mean of all the moves 
pretty good. That's, pre- that's really good. You know, I, I kind of feel bad that she got caught having managed to convince a coach driver to divert the coach to a completely different destination. That's pretty cool. Well, I'm assuming it was going to go on to London anyway. Well, yeah, but but to miss out Milton Keynes altogether, um, I I, you, I was expecting a, a typical Jobsworth no that we've got to we've got to do it, and then they'd be sat waiting for her when she pulled into Milton Keynes. So good on her. It was cool. For the first time ever, we actually have someone who gets caught with probably the best move of the episode. Yeah, definitely. It was. If she'd have got away with it, they, they would have really spun that one out. It would have been genius move. Yeah. It was genuinely impressive watching that last night, just going, how has she managed to do that? That's awesome. Brilliant. And, and also, we, we kind of skipped past it. Why is there someone at Manchester Coach Station wearing a sombrero? <laughs> I don't know. How great is that? That is brilliant. There is somebody watching that show going, that was me, that was. That was me. I was the guy in the sombrero. Brilliant. Let's be honest. It was probably drunk. It was a, a Sunday early afternoon and they were going to Milton Keynes. No one would go to Milton Keynes willingly without being inebriated. <laughs> sombrero guy does. And the hunters work out exactly what she's done pretty much as soon as she does it. And new team of hunters, Lucy and Zoe, are in pursuit, and they drive the wrong way around London. Yeah. I wasn't over-impressed with Zoe and Lucy. No, we don't even know what their team code name is. No, well, I didn't know there was one, so I wouldn't have spotted it. But no, not, not a great... I mean, they get lost, go wrong, go the wrong way, and then don't even make the capture but kind of hang around in the background as if to say, oh, this was like nearly our capture. No, you missed it completely. Don't stand waving at them as they go. It doesn't count. Uh, They were getting a bit of a buffoon edit. Yeah, very much so. But until we get an official name, they're now Team Zulu. Okay, because they're the last. Because they're bottom of my rankings of hunters (laughs) right now. Because they're last to arrive. And because Blex just gets bored of Lucy and Zoe screwing everything up, uh, he sends Toddington and Julie out just for funsies. And actually, I did have the first note when they had that um, that clip at the start of like, why are Toddington and Julie out of the office? Are they doing a Sherlock? Oh, yeah. They're the new Sherlock. Oh, don't worry. I'm sure Sherlock will be out in a white T-shirt and jeans, probably in a helicopter of some description for the last <laughs> episode, as is traditional. Or not, because I, I've got my wild card. I'm going to watch for scenes with Sherlock to see if he was edited in in post. Yeah, where's Louisa, by the way? Don't know. Not there, is she? Yeah, because I think in the the original images, it was Julie and Toddington. Mm-hmm. And then in the official images, it was Sherlock and Julie next to Blacks. Mm-hmm. Something changed. But Louisa was in Celebrity Hunted, wasn't she? <clears throat> yes, she was. So maybe she was just unavailable for the TV version. But yeah, it seemed weird. And, um, yeah, Black Stubbs, the plan shit or bust. I mean, it's <laughs> truly poetic style. Of course. And uh, Toddington and Julie do have eyes on, and Carlene's time on the run is over on day one. Yay. Which means in the Hunter leaderboard, Toddington and Julie get one point. Yeah, I suspect that'll be the only one they get, to be honest. But can you imagine being any of the other hunters? Like, what? What are you talking about? For God's sake, we, we're the official ground hunter team. What are you doing? This is our job. Get it, Get back to the office. And Black says that Carlene did not present him with the biggest test he's ever had. <laughs> Which is one way of putting it. It's kind of a dick thing to say, though, isn't it? <laughs> uh, what else is he going to say? Yeah. She was a bit shit. Colleen, you're out of my attic. <laughs> Get out of the attic. Back to your grandkids. <laughs> I'm just recasting Blacks in EastEnders now. <laughs> oh, bless her. Yeah, I really do feel it was a shame. She had really good character traits that could have been hilarious. She did, but she had terrible judgment. Yeah, she did. She made some pretty catastrophic errors. She had some good ideas, and she did, you know, quite a bold move. But she was my most likely to be caught water skiing candidate, <laughs> to be honest. But never mind. Someone's always going to go in episode one. Someone didn't go in episode one last time. No, 
Oh, you're right, actually. Uh, it's very only just though. Yeah, they managed to uh, to hold on for just a little while longer. Yeah, it was about six minutes into episode two, so almost. I was there again, by the way, a few weeks ago. Went, went to Mr. Buzz, Mr. Bazaar's again. I had a bit there. If you're ever in Blackpool, dear listener, you should go to Mr. Bazaar's. It's really good. And in the last part of the episode, we go back to Bob and Alex because, you know, the best characters. And uh, Bob's wife's phone gets tapped, which then immediately means that someone's going to ring her. Mm-hmm. And shockingly, Bob and Alex have a pay-as-you-go burner phone and decide to ring her to get more supplies. Yeah, and then I get really confused because it later transpires that Bob is fully aware that they will be tracking his wife's phone and therefore they shouldn't say, so why the hell didn't he stop Alex while he was making the call? Why, why did he let him carry on and then go, oh, you don't know they would have traced all that, don't you? Well, stop him then. <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. Just put the phone down. But literally tell him to back away from the phone. Yeah, I mean, when you're giving out so much information that even Sherlock thinks it's a double bluff, that's a lot of information. Although, do you think it might have been a deliberate double bluff? Right, here's here's my take on it. No, but I think they're trying to edit it to look like it was to make them look better than they are. Yeah, that's my suspicion as well. Because the sort of double bluff Lost Wolves style, oh, gotcha, thing, was quite sort of last minute. Yeah, yeah, I'm not not convinced by that. Um, my my gut feel is it was a total cock up. They tried to salvage it. Somebody said, "Oh, why don't you leave them a note on the way out? That'd be quite cool." And that's what they've done, and they've edited it to look that way. Also, what I don't get is why did they leave the food behind if it was a if it was all a plan? Yeah, they were obviously in a hurry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It wouldn't surprise me if they weren't even the ones that wrote the note you're accusing them of producer manipulation Uh, i am merely saying they've got a show to produce and they've got a story to tell i'd be surprised because they kind of have to have a little integrity yeah but it just seemed it all didn't it didn't feel like this was a planned move it felt like uh how do we make the best of this I think probably what happened is they had a probably let's be honest quite sweary conversation in a church uh given that it's bob involved and thought, how do we actually rectify this? Well, we need to leave the phone here, because otherwise we're just going to be liable for it getting tracked. We need to leave immediately. I'll hastily write them a note just for fun. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, so Alex hadn't heard of phone monitoring, so gives literally all of the information. And, and also, right, firstly, it's being tracked, so don't do it. But Why? I still don't understand. Why is he giving his mum like precise directions to where they are? He's not asked her to come and pick him up, has he? No, when they live in Dover. Yeah. I'm assuming they've got a friend in the area of some description. Uh, so Yeah, so she's passing on a message to someone. It just seemed very, very odd. I was like, well, I just don't get where this conversation is supposed to be going. Why are you giving all this information to someone who can't really help you? Yeah, it was quite confusing. It was. It was very confusing. And they do manage to scarper just before Paul and Michelle arrive. I'm guessing they had about five or ten minutes leave, if that. It looks like it. it looks like they cut it pretty fine. But then the church ends up being home to many, many more swears from Paul and Michelle. <laughs> yeah. And the, and the classic moment of Michelle just going, Paul, you're in a church. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> And to end the episode, they dispatch a drone with thermal imaging. Yeah. So are we going for another Kirk and Jez five minutes and they're out? Or are we being played? I think we're being played. Mm-hmm. I think it will more likely be Sandra and Mella, mm-hmm. given that they were the only ones in the preview that didn't get anything negative. Yeah. Their the edit in episode one is... Minimal. It's not, yeah, minimal. It's not far off a dodo edit, really, is it? All we know about them is they're marketeers, they're friends, they've decided to go rough camping but haven't got a tent. So it doesn't look like they're going to be going for very long. No. So, yeah, next time Paul and Michelle chase down Alex and Bob through the fields of the Peak District, uh, Sandra and Mello escape, and Jamie incurs the wrath of Hunter Julie. Mm. She really wants to catch him. Yeah, I think it could well be Jamie's episode next week. Hmm. We haven't had any indication that Jamie's stupid. No, 
We haven't. We've had his ex-military. He could be quite dangerous, but we haven't had any. We haven't really had any opinion on him from the hunters. Whereas some of the others we have, um, Majid stuck stuck out for me that he was referred to in a very positive light by the hunters. Yeah. You know, he, he looks strong. He's got lots of stamina. Toddington saying that he really rates him. That stood out for me quite a lot. Less so with Jamie. There was very little uh, about his character. So I don't feel like we've been told how we should feel about him yet. One question that I do know the answer to that I'm not going to reveal whether you're right or not. Who do you think is getting wanted posters? Ooh. I deliberately stayed away this year, so... I didn't see it. Because I will say that not everyone left got wanted posters. <laughs> okay. Which you know, d- doesn't necessarily mean that they got caught. Mm. It's highly likely. Yeah, it's oh, it's usually quite likely. It usually ends up being people who were caught in the first week who don't. Um, who do I think got wanted posters? Majid, Jamie, um, Bob and Alex, and the Brothers of Swing, I would say. Interesting. I will confirm later in the series. <laughs> <laughs> and did we actually have any uh, questions in the, the last minute? Shit, we've got to do this on Twitter, I think. Yeah, so we did. So a uh, friend of the show, Sarah, said, uh, when did anything good come from using public transport? She's kind of the point we were making earlier, really, isn't it? In, in both life and hunted, never. <laughs> never. Public transport is never the answer. <laughs> Despite how much people want us to use public transport, no, no, I don't think we've I don't think we've ever seen it pan out well, have we? For anybody, I can't think of it. Um, you know, off the top of my head, we've seen coach captures, we've seen train captures, we've seen public transport and badly both sides of the Atlantic. No, the answer is never. It's never a good idea. Uh, she also comments that. Um, she, it, and I think you mentioned this as well. It looks like things have been stacked in the hunter's favor this season. So fewer people to capture helicopters on the escape from the van. Yeah, it had a different vibe for the mm-hmm. initial escape. Mm. And I'm not sure I necessarily like the initial vibe. I like it to be the hunters getting an hour delay and then having to work out who the people are. Yeah, and I don't know. Uh, do you think this is them reflecting on the US version? Because I think we said certainly early in the US season, it felt more like the story was this is a bunch of law enforcers catching bad guys, whereas definitely the first two series of the UK were let's stick two fingers up at the establishment. Do you think maybe they're, they're swinging back in favour of law enforcement? Maybe a little I'm not sure why they did it. Maybe it was just sort of a, a different vibe thing. Yeah. It's quite dramatic, wasn't it? Yeah. It worked. It was good television. Another consideration is that it probably would have been much harder for them to do the normal escape if they were leaving from St. Peter's Square. Because, yeah. as we've discussed, everyone was quite compact in the centre of Manchester. Mm. And let's be honest, they probably all left within about an hour. Yeah. So by that point, the initial escape isn't going to be that helpful to the hunters. Mm. So maybe this is the sort of swinging the other way to try and give the hunters a chance for the initial escape. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point because they are smack in the middle of a city centre. They, they're not going to be able to hang around for very long, are they? No, and all the Manchester locations we saw are basically within a about a quarter mile radius. Yeah, there's anything above that and you're going to be causing disruption and security issues and all sorts of yeah, I would imagine they were told yes you can do it but you need to be in and out in an hour yeah and I'm not sure they would have necessarily been able to do it uh, sort of a week and a half later <laughs> no I know considering that eight days into the the hunt and I I wouldn't be surprised if this necessarily comes up by the way yeah, it may well during, do. During the US one, they had the, the Orlando nightclub shoot. Yes. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if this comes up, but especially if it's Joe and Dan, actually, because they're sort of local lads. Mm. But Manchester was quite changed by the time they finished on the run. Yes. In terms of sort of eight days after they went on the run, the attack was there. Eleven days after the run, we had the, the vigil in St. Anne's Square, which... I was there for. And they also had another vigil outside the town hall as well mm. on the Tuesday night. 
on the other yeah. side. So they, where the van was on the direct, the building directly behind it is Manchester Central Library, slightly to the right where um, Jamie was running is the town hall. But on the other side in uh, St. Anne's Square, I think it is, um, is where they had the first vigil on the Tuesday mm. night. Because the attack mm. happened the Monday night, they had the vigil on the Tuesday night, and I had to walk past it um, mm. when I was leaving work. Yeah, so it may well may well come up that you know the whole nation was kind of on heightened security during that month, really. So mm. I'm not sure if they'd filmed it two weeks later. I'm not sure they would have filmed it. They would have probably held off a little while. Yeah, because it may very well impact on the the investigations, and that actually might be why certain hunters disappear and stuff as well. Mm. Thinking about it. Interesting stuff. So, thoughts on the first episode? I liked it. Not as much as I liked Series 2's opener, but I still liked it. Yeah, I still, I really enjoyed it. I think it was a bit of a quieter, more what-the-hell-are-you-doing episode. Yeah, it, yeah, it was. Um, and I guess if you've got a capture on day one, you've got to feature that quite heavily, so that may be distracted. We've obviously got the Bob and Alex story, which is pretty big. I'm I'm very much looking forward to Majid. I think he's going to be he's going to be your taunter. I feel yeah. So he's going to be great fun. And Jamie could go either way. I think he could be brilliant at this. But my suspicion is if he does well, he does it quietly. So there might not be much of a story unless he does get caught. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing Sandra Mella get caught in the most obvious way imaginable. Tackerbell Calfark. Yeah, very much. Um, so yeah, I, I think good opener. I'm glad they didn't do too much establishing. They, they kind of went with, you've probably seen this before. We'll tell you the stuff you, you desperately need to know, but it wasn't too much. We got into the action quite quickly, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, it should be fun. I think it should. I'm looking forward to it and looking forward to the return of our hunted queen, Michelle next week. Absolutely. Who incidentally has been in Fiji. I understand. Hashtag just saying. She's gone back to the South Pacific after winning a Holden <laughs> Commodore. Oh, just wait for the Australian Survivor jokes to come. <laughs> In case anyone wasn't aware, Michelle has not been on Australian Survivor, but we keep joking that she should. And also, there was a Michelle in last year's series that is a lot younger than Michelle, but looks quite a lot like her. <laughs> So this is going to become an, another fun joke that we will drive into the ground and annoy her with. <laughs> so thank you for listening to this Hunted Podcast. If you've got any questions, feel free to contact us on our Facebook page, Reality TV Warriors, or our Twitter account, uh, RTV Warriors, or on Twitter pages, MTG for me and Bullsboy for Anthony. And with that, your time in the run is over. Bye. <laughs>